It's time to get after it. You're going to jam your legs down and hyperextend your ankles and then shoot back up and lock your knees in place. Not one of those things sounds right to me. And welcome back to another edition of the Upper Left Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Anderson, and today we are going to discuss the realm of tactical strength and conditioning, probably one of the most unknown subsets of the field. Um, And I'm joined today by Zach Nielsen, who worked with me for the past two years on the H2F project in the U.S. Army. Uh, That is the Holistic Health and Fitness Initiative. Um, It was a pleasure getting to know Zach. Funny enough, I talked to him uh, when I was a director of strength and conditioning at the University of Mary Washington, while Zach was an assistant director of strength and conditioning at Eastern Washington University. We talked uh, probably uh, one or two times over the phone, um, just talking shop uh, from East Coast to West Coast. I ended up moving out to Joint Base Lewis McCord and working with him for the past year. Funny how these things work. It's a small world, especially in strength and conditioning. And Zach was probably one of the uh, uh, best parts of my time here uh, at Joint Base Lewis McCord. Zach is an outstanding coach and human being. Uh, Getting to work with them and learn from him every day was definitely a joy. Anyways, this is Zach Nielsen and I chopping it up about tactical strength and conditioning. Hope you enjoy. Zach. Jack. My friend. Here we are. In your bed, in your guest bedroom, yes. no less. Fucking fancy here. <laughs> Getting ready to break it down on this nice quilt we've got here. My grandma made this quilt. Well, it's, it's beautiful. I like it. It's I like the it. warmest shit we have in this house, <laughs> let me tell you. I don't know why it's on the guest yeah, bed. I was going to say, why is it not in your room? Uh, What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, Zach, I feel like out of most of the people on our project really gets it, being that his father was in the military, um, and I feel like he kind of has just done a great job from my observation while working with him on the project has done a fantastic job just connecting with soldiers and attempting to bridge the the knowledge and understanding gap between what we can bring and then what the leaders who are going to be the ones that empower us to do our job, uh, just bridging the gap between us with that. Shucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not lying, man. <laughs> that, I mean, and you and I have talked about it before. That's probably... I can hand somebody a sheet that says back squat, deadlift, and overhead press, three sets of five, add 10 pounds a week. And the most important part of the whole thing is if the commander looks at that guy and goes, this is very valuable, you should definitely utilize it. And that, I mean, like we, you were here longer than I was, but I've been here a year now, and it's literally the emphasis of every single day. And even the guys who hate me just hate me because I'm not in the Army but like I, I BS with them. We talk like I have great relationships with, I think I have great relationships with everybody. They may walk away and go, wow, that guy's a fucking dickhead. I don't know. But, um, the, that, that side of things and bridging the gap and empowering the soldier is realistically what you have to do. I mean, is you knew from working in the infantry unit you were with, and even with your last one, there's too many people and we can't reach everybody. Yeah. So like, how am I going to reach? How is my message going to reach everybody? Well, 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 yeah. And let's let's rewind that back before you even get into the nitty gritty of like connecting with the soldier mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Um, for those that might not be super familiar with what the H two F is doing, Fair. give us kind of a bird's eye macro view of like how we're training people, how many people we're training, what the the setting is. Because uh, I, I do think this is. When we'll talk about this later. I do think this is going to be kind of a cultural shift for up and coming coaches like some of them are going to look this direction and i feel like you giving them an idea of what to expect is going to be huge so um the h2f holistic health and fitness initiative in the conventional army kind of mirrors the uh the thor 3 project in socom bringing civilian subject matter experts as well as a little bit of army influence as well to the the realms of health, fitness, and performance. Performance more of the Thor 3 side. We are very much, while performance can be achieved, um, we're very much just trying to get guys to train more, smoke less, try to get a little bit more sleep. Basic things that have a profound effect on their health and performance, but um, we're not dealing with, I don't want to say the nation's best and brightest as you'd get in the SOCOM world, but we're still, there's there's still a need in the conventional army, as you, as I'm, as you saw, as I'm sure everybody yeah. working with this. They're still just regular people, and regular people still eat like shit and smoke and chew and don't sleep. And 
your average 18 year old lives on monsters. So <laughs> there's basic, I mean, that's, so that, that's the H2F project. The, the, the real demands of what we're looking at, um, you're going to have a unit of anywhere from at least at our post. And I'm sure it's mirrored other places in the country. Uh, you have military intelligence units. They're smaller that, or even military police units at other installations where we don't have, we don't work with them as part of our pilot, but, um, small 200 to 300 soldiers, like an average athletic department sized setting all the way up to, I work with an infantry unit of 710 soldiers with myself and another assistant. Uh, another coach on our project works with an, en- an engineer battalion, um, with 1100 soldiers in it. So we're very much from the get go disadvantaged from a, just a pure logistical standpoint from a, a manpower. Like yeah. there's, it's one to 350 <clears throat> soldiers if we're truly going to try to touch everyone in the battalion. Mm-hmm. So that definitely, and I mean, that is, you know, I feel like when, when I went into like my first college job after interning and all that stuff, like I was very prepared for what to expect. If nothing really surprised me all that much, did I make mistakes? A hundred percent. I did that's, that's part of the learning the experience. Yep. Um, but you feel like when the kids come in, they kind of understand why they're there. Yep. Even in the D3 setting that I was in, like most of them came in and gave forth a solid effort. And if they didn't, usually um, the overall culture was still tending in the direction of let's yes. come in here to get better and perform. Here, at least in my experience, that you know, and, and I'm, maybe maybe yours is a little different, but you're fighting a different battle on day one, and that's just uh, to be quite honest, it's just understanding yourself as a strength coach this is this setting is not the same i'm not here to instill good performance from day one i'm actually just here like you said to instill some lifestyle changes and then hopefully have this trickle down effect from the high achievers down to the lower achievers to get them to buy into the fact that fitness is actually kind of good for me mm-hmm. yeah um i 100 agree even the worst cultured teams i was ever a part of in the collegiate setting Showed up to the weight room, we banged weights, turned the music up, and got after it. And yeah. it was and it was a blast, and they knew why they were there. Obviously, you have your onesies and twosies who are pieces of shit and don't want <laughs> and, and don't want anything to do with you. But um, what we what we're really running into is seventy years of army culture. That it's I mean, people talk about strength and conditioning being a good old boys club. Being an NCO in the infantry is very much the good old boys club you're you're everything is your job you're a leader you're responsible for physical training you're responsible for discipline you're responsible for for mentorship and and bringing up the younger soldiers and then we walk in and say we're here to train you and they go nah dude we got that and obviously like we're proud of what we do so there's a little bit of a of an ego clash as much as you can say oh i'm a servant to whoever i work with I, I'm here to do my job. I'm good at my job. I feel that I'm good at my job. Um, and when I'm when there are obstacles in the way of me doing that job, I get pissed off and I want to break down the obstacles. And a lot of the times, obviously, like if you see it, if that problem to me is a nail, I'm going to fucking hammer it. But like a good chunk of what needs to be accomplished is literally just, hey, man, what's your first name? Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, and I'm, as Jack mentioned, like I'm an army brat. My dad was in both active and uh national guard for a combined 34 years. My grandpa served in the coast guard during world war two. Like I know this world pretty well. I know it differently. Cause I came up as a kid in it to where like, I knew dudes first names who were like, uh, my dad's company commander when he was a first sergeant was the officiant at my wedding. <laughs> type of thing yeah, so like yeah. don i knew very well i know don very well he's a great dude colonel brewer i didn't even know he made colonel you know what i mean like it is a very different relationship so now i you know and i i noticed it when i went over to isaiah's last week over to uh, your old unit mm-hmm. and his relationship is so different with everybody there than what mine is with mine and i'm equally as close with all my people yeah but their first sergeant, their sergeant major, their their sir, ma'am, lieutenant colonel, whatever they are, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid and my dad spoke to these people, that's who they were. Yeah, like his, you know, his his the other higher, you know, high NCOs, the other first sergeants, platoon sergeant types. Like, okay, yeah, I got to know them on a first name basis because they were his colleagues. But his superiors were 
their their yeah. rank and so yeah. that's that's kind of how i've functioned in this whole and it's, it's funny because i mean i'm friends with them on facebook or instagram <laughs> yeah. like hey i'm having a barbecue bring your family over type thing like the relationships are there but i can see them at target and i say hey sorry major how's it going yeah you know, like there's yeah. i personally can't turn it off that way they're not steven yeah. Or Joe. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Are, they are who that ranks. Well, it's, they it's are. funny because I, I, you know, you, you're like that. And then, you know, Isaiah and myself, I think we're completely different. Like, yeah. say, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, and I kind of do that to everybody. And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I think everybody's going to kind of have their way. And you also have to read your situation yes. and know what's going on. I mean, we were kind of, in a lot of ways, like right off the jump, um, accepted over there mm-hmm. in the manner that allowed us to kind of do that. Um, when we had a change of command, Things were a little bit different, and um, you, you know that that again changes the um, the feel of everything. Mm-hmm. You have to rebuild relationships at the top and stuff like that, um, and it can be it could certainly be a, a challenge because, like we're saying here, uh, there's a big gap. I think that's going to be the biggest thing to overcome in this project, at least from you know my perspective. You know, getting ready to head out, there's just a big gap between the leaders who make things happen and what we bring to the table. And until that's, we, that, and it's going to take years. It's yes. not like it's a, it's not like it's this imminent problem that we can fix tomorrow, but the, the more we can reiterate the purpose of why we're here, the more we can get them to understand that we're here for improving the general health and wellness of a huge population of people that traditionally isn't really yeah. into that until they can understand that there's, there's really nothing fancy we can do. Cause I think a lot of them think there's these fancy things that we can just zip zap zoop and just make everything better. And it's just not going to be that way. Like it's just yeah. going to be a slow yeah, cultural shift that leadership has to kind of start to buy into and understand. Well, no, I mean, we've kind of touched on it before just through our conversations where you're looking at a population who like, well, how's this going to help my runtime? Well, yeah. How's this going to help my ruck? Yeah. And Versus we look at it as a, a systemic creature. Everything that goes into the organism, their, their stress load, sleep, nutrition, blah, 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 blah. All the things that you generally look at in a performance-based model versus they're very outcome-oriented without understanding the need for the process. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, everybody who writes programs for people knows like, you want to lose weight? Cool, we're going to squat. All right, you want to get strong? Cool, we're going to squat. Okay, you know, like you, you take whatever the plan says and change the title of it, but it's generally yeah. going to look I mean, relatively we're, similar. We're doing general things yes. to achieve specific yeah, adaptations, exactly. and there will be little things that to us will be different, but to them on the outside, it's all going to look the yeah, same. It's going to look the same. Exactly. We're going to all say, like, oh, we're going to speed squat today if we ever for if we ever. <laughs> get to the point of let's not get carried away of doing more than just <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're gonna hope to god and put this barbell on your back since you've shown through our basic competency model that you can do it <laughs> and hope that today is not the day your spine breaks yeah because you're compressed from 15 years of rocking <laughs> so um dude i mean it's but i think that that i think that's a huge obstacle to overcome i think that might be the biggest one because uh how how are we viewed and i think at least in my opinion for the entire time i was there by most people that had a say in what mm-hmm. was going on and what we could do with this, their soldiers. Uh, their view was, oh, it's the ACFT guys, which is the new Army Combat yeah. Fitness Test. It's the ACFT guys who are going to help uh, help our guys pass a test. Yep. And uh, quite honestly, I just don't think that's what we're there for. That, uh, and, and, <laughs> and it's not. And that's kind of the thing that isn't understood because for, after talking with enough people who, you know, the more senior NCOs or, or kind of mid-level officer types who who served deployments, who were part of in Operation Enduring Freedom and actually did Army, they get it a little bit more in that the PT test is just a test of your physical ability. It's not to tell – but because it's one of the variables used in – promotion and mm-hmm. school selection and things of that. I mean, you, you, that's how you get promoted is you score a perfect, you know, 300 on your, yeah. your, your army physical fitness test, your APFT. And everybody goes, Oh, this guy's going to be a great leader. Look at how he trains himself. And it's like, okay, well, Jake run is that he's 130 pounds and can do pushups all day and run. Okay. He's going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind. Well, nobody, I, and nobody I'll tell you right now, like I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never mind about the personal skills yeah. and all that other, other important thing, all those other important things. But 
Yeah, and that's the other thing too is, is like sometimes you have dudes that are just geared and physiologically built to be good at that test. Yep. They don't even have to train for it. Like one of my buddies nope. was very good at it. He trained two weeks before every test and smashed it every single time. Yep. You know, and that's just the way he was able to roll, you yep. know. And um, as short-sighted as it is, that is our reality, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so. it, it, we're not at war. That's a big thing that we, we're also seeing it, the side of the army when, like, they're not doing anything. You work with an infantry, infantry unit with a bunch of dudes who are trained to carry a gun towards the sound of gunfire and protect our freedoms and rights as the United mm-hmm. States of America when there's no war to fight. And what are they doing? So there's a lot of people disgruntled. There's a lot of people who they're just spinning wheels. We're training. We're back. We're training. We're back. We're going here, we're going there, we're back mm-hmm. up, I'm PCSing again. Well, my wife doesn't want to move, so she decided to divorce me. Like, yeah. a lot of the realities that the soldier, the modern soldier faces, but then there's no payoff of the fact that, like, outside of the soft entities who are still going through and checking out all the areas we just were at war with, mm-hmm. everybody else is just kind of sitting idly by and saying, yeah. like, tell me when to go. Yeah. And there's no and and that doubles down on the on the fact that I think you know at least from what I've seen and from what I hear and I've done some my research and been in the field and been you know been you know on the ground for the last couple of years here and you you've done the same um the overall morale of the average soldier is not very good. I mean like make no bones about it like you said I mean we we've got divorce, we have domestic issues, we have you know excessive drinking, we have mm-hmm. um you know, lack of sleep, poor nutritional habits, like super and, sympathetic states yeah, all and, the time. Exactly. And things are just compounding on top of each other. So we're dealing with very, um, I don't want to say like these, these guys are, I don't want to make them sound like they're, they're not capable of doing their job because I think they very much are. Oh yeah. I mean, um, but, but we're dealing with someone internally that I think is, you know, the average person's going through a lot in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of, um, I don't think there's a lot of ways to cope really. You know, well, and especially, um, I mean, what what you, you look at like Robert Sapolsky's like four methods of coping. It's like having an outlet for frustration. Like mm-hmm. you just said, if you went to go to go fight, that's your outlet for frustration. Well, that's not being provided no to fight. you. You know, yep. social support. Um, I mean, there there's not a lot of. I think there is some social support among soldiers, but there's nothing. Well, also, keep in mind where it's the the state of society currently, right? Yes. Like yeah, exactly, we're, exactly. We're yes. in such a different world now, where and I don't want to be. Oh, all these kids are entitled. Like no, but we as a society have an extremely easy life. Yeah, comparatively, like we're not even farmers have a freaking supercomputer they carry around in their pocket, and half their work's done by machines. Yeah. Now. Like yeah. we we live in a, in an age where like you've taken out a lot of the suffering, and a lot of the the to to quote our good friends with the mustache logo, um, <laughs> the strenuous side of life. Yeah, the need for and and you've taken that out, and yet the army still, it's about to suck. Embrace the suck. Be yeah. tough. We don't sleep. You're gonna pull 24 hour duty. Yeah, die. I don't care how you feel. We're gonna run five miles today, and then we're gonna run again tomorrow. Like, and. To some, and, and I, I hate to have the men, the mental toughness discussion because everybody knows that like beating somebody what, down what physically. What is bullshit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> the 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 nature of the soldier requires that type of mindset of like, dude, it doesn't matter what the fuck happened. I got to go again. Yeah. Because that at the end of the day, especially in the combat arms, at the end of the day, you go. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of how regardless you feel, of how like, you yeah. feel. oh man, yeah. I, my, I, I test my HRV every morning cause I'm a switched on soldier and I was in the red this morning, but we're going on this op and I got to go shoot bad guys in the face. Yeah. I'm not going to jump out of the helicopter. That's the, that's the other song. interesting thing is, is, is uh, I think with that mindset, a lot of the choices that are made, it's just kind of almost self-inflicted. Like we can have things be more optimal if oh, you just made better choices, 100%. you know, and that's, you know, from I've taken a much more educational approach, especially as of late in my unit, because to them, I can write a program and push out training. And a lot of them like it because it doesn't beat them down, but they train when they work with me. Mm -hmm. But where it's lacking is I can't tell my group of 90 soldiers that I train in the morning, the why behind everything to a point to well they understand it. We're dealing with some kids who didn't graduate high school, got a GED. This is yeah. their only way to go. And then I have my a kid I trained this morning in my group who is 
college graduate, Division One athlete. Like he has specific goals, and the Army was the quickest way for him to get there. Yeah, post college. Yeah. So there, you know, there it's we're dealing with such a wide spectrum of people that like to them they look at a training session and it's oh, okay, it's we're squatting, so it's legs. But but wait, we're doing a row pattern after. Why I thought it was leg and like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's leg day, it's back day. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just like anything. We're, we're so, we're still dealing with general population. What does general population deal with? Fitness magazines, bodybuilding.com. My dad said carbs are bad for you. You know what I mean? Like the basic crap that everybody in the world reads, hears, blah, 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 is what our guys are reading and hearing. It's the same shit with collegiate athletes. They just are forced to go to weights versus in this new set, in the setting that we're in now, I mean, and it's very much like in uh, one of our colleagues who works at Second Ranger Battalion told me best last time I spoke with him. He's like, the only individual who ever has full control over anything in the unit is the commander, and they don't even have full control. Yeah. So if because they're getting some other commander somebody telling them up what top, to do, yeah. Even go all the way up to the president, the commander in chief of the United States of America. Probably doesn't have, truly have full control over what goes well, on. You, you, control, I think, is the key word here. I harped on this a lot with our guys, like in educational sessions and everything, because Bill Hartman references his study in his book, uh, All Game, No I'm Pain. I'm reading that right now. It's yeah, good. and one of the studies that he references is great. It talks about how someone in a high-stress job with low levels of control, um, usually we experience higher mortality rates. But you yeah. can put someone in the same job, and it was a study by like Mule Gonzalez or something like that. It, you could put um, you could put someone in the same job, but in, give them some mechanism for having control over some aspect of their life, even in the midst of this high stress job. Mm-hmm. And mortality goes back the other way. In fact, it like your your risk of mortality decreases past the point, the original point of those like the baseline levels of those so people. We, we actually had a conversation about that in our last battalion training meeting. Yeah, how do we get control? How do we give the average soldier a sense the, of control? The mid-level leader, especially yeah. your E four, E five, yeah. corporal sergeant type, like they're being put in a, their first leadership role in the military. You're going to be a team leader, so about as low level as leader. And you're leading like four guys, I believe. Or yeah, you're, yeah, you're responsible yeah. for three to four other dudes, and like, yeah. okay, so I'm responsible for my three to four other dudes, and in, in our unit, those mid-level leaders, those low-level leaders, we're reporting that like. They they feel like their entire life is still dictated for them. You get in a leadership role, you're supposed to be able to make some type of decision. But they they're not. And their squad leader, their platoon sergeant, their first sergeant are just telling them how it's going to be. And because we live in such a connected time, they're getting a text at ten o'clock on a Friday night when they're trying to watch a movie with their kids about what's going to go on on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then if they don't text back Monday, they hell will be raised because you didn't respond to your superior. Yeah, and that's kind of. We just talked about how to give them that back. If it's the weekend and it can wait until Monday, let it wait until Monday. Yeah. But because we, so many people are just so reactionary now, in now, nature now. now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had this thought. No, dude, write it down. Set yourself a reminder for Sunday night. I think or, we've always been reactionary. Now we just have the tools where we can well, yeah. make everyone else realize exactly. that we're being reactionary. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you there 100%. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but I, yeah, I think that sense of control is the biggest thing. Like I talk to my guys all the time. I'm like, find something in your day that you feel like you have control over, which is hard in this setting. You talk to a lot of these guys like one-on-one about it, you know, after you're done talk, addressing a group and they're like, I don't even know where I can do that. Yeah. And then it's just about trying to find a way that well, yeah, will work for them. Because mm-hmm. again, like I have my things that lets me control my world. Um, but they might be completely, they're going to, yours are going to be completely different, you know, than yeah. what mine are. And yeah. um, that's, that's right another now. one of those coping mechanisms that Sapolsky talks about. Like, I think that's our biggest mission here is beyond the training, you know, probably even, well, obviously higher than the training is getting these guys some sort of control back into their lives, you know? Which, oddly enough, is then the biggest obstacle we face. It is getting them control. No, the giving them giving up control. Oh, yes, yes. Like, to oh, your, yeah, To your yeah. squad leader, team leader, platoon leader, your yeah. NCOs who say, or platoon sergeant, who say, like, Traditionally, the role of the NCO in the army is to train the, the soldiers physically, mentally. For oh yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like, we're trying, and it, I mean, this just came to me as we we're having this conversation. Yeah. Like, and that's why, like, I think the education side is at least for now, until they, you know, if this blows open and and we get five coaches per unit and we can have a little bit lower coach to soldier ratio mm-hmm. even like one to 100 would be optimal compared to one to 355 <laughs> yeah. so um 
but let me teach you to yeah. where I can at least put out, put my product into your brain. And now when you say, all right, we're going to squat and your guy moves slowly, the first thing they think of is my lecture where I say, don't lift weights like old people have sex, slow and careful, like <laughs> be explosive, be powerful and command what you're doing, move with yeah. intent. And they remember And like the very minimal exposure I've had to the amount of soldiers I actually want to have exposure to <laughs> has paid off because I hear those things now. Even if they're not running the training I'm putting on that day or training I've provided on They're a still other, saying some things they're, that they're getting from they're you. They're hearing and they're seeing. And even if it's like, oh, dude, we're not going to do your training today, but I look out and they're doing my warm-up. We're moving things in the right direction slowly yeah. but surely because yeah. now they're running the warm-up. They came up with it, but it's exercise for exercise, the exact same warm-up I run every single time I run an outdoor training session. That's good. Yeah, because you're, you're talking, I see exactly what you're saying. Like we were trying to find, like I'm saying we need to give them a way to have control and maybe some of that is us seeding some of our our control over over sessions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, and you know, that's that's going to be the most interesting thing is it seems unit by unit on our project, for example, there are so six units and 12 coaches. Um, it really seems like unit to unit is completely different as to what our role and what the leaders want our role to be. And, um, you know, I, I do think part of us needs to be accommodating uh -huh. for the reasons we just talked about. But I also think like we also are here to get a job done. 100%. And I, I do think ultimately like they're going to go in the direction of we're going to be running groups. Maybe not the whole group. The whole group. And I mean we have been running groups, folks. Like don't get us wrong. Like that's happening. Yeah. But but yeah, if we're, if we're not doing that to some extent where we're offering some sort of time for us to use our expertise. Because let's face it, like the people we empower are never going to be as good as us at, do, at doing our job. No, but it's because it's, it's um, not their job. No, and exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, that's not a, a slight. That's no, just yeah. the reality. Um, it's just like we're not going to be able to soldier like they do. Because well, exactly. We you, could, you could tell me all you want yeah. and I could rehash it and repeat it and do it sort of well, maybe. But it's not my job. It's no, not, what, exactly. not what I'm good at. So yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like we need to give them opportunities to run their own training, but at the same time, I do think there needs to be at least an hour or two a day where we're offering yep. training for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, just because I think it's going to be that much better. And yep. that's again, like that's going to vary from unit to unit how that looks, mm -hmm. you know. But I mean, it, it's exactly like when I have one company who literally it's a hundred and ten man company, and they show up with ninety dudes every time we train. And you train them. And I train 90 dudes and it gets clogged up and it gets slow and there's not that much. There's not that much. To me, it still just looks like crap because I'm used to, I mean, even my biggest group in college was like 50 dudes, you know, a football group, half yeah. your offense yeah. or your defense plus specialists. And that seemed slow. And then I come out here with less stuff and more people and we still function and it's yeah, well, I mean, I, I've done, I've done multiple. I did multiple groups where I was here with sixty or more people. Exactly. I mean, it goes. It, it's not like it, the it, best thing. It ever, doesn't but, feel right to us, but to so many of them. Oh yeah. It's not burpees. It's not <laughs> five mile kit runs. It's not. It's not things that they detest because it becomes punishment. So I have a guy who he he's on. Uh, he's with my unit right now. He was on profile, so he was injured when. Uh, when I got on ground and I've worked with him a lot, I worked with, gave him, you know, non-impact conditioning plans so he could stay in shape. So mm -hmm. he could pass his, all, you know, X, Y, and Z type things. And he's fully bought in every single time he has the opportunity. He's like, come on, man. And he just made team leaders. So he's telling his three, four dudes he's responsible for anytime. He's like, if we're, if they're available, we're training with them. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, that's what we need. Yeah. So now do that to the best of your ability and let it spread. You know, if yeah. it starts with a squad or a team and it goes all the way up to a company and then all the way to multiple companies and all the way to an entire battalion, as long as one, if your commander, at least for us, if your commander doesn't support you, you don't do anything. And two, like give them something of value every single time. Even if it's here's yeah. a training session plus a 15 minute lecture at the end to the the team leader and yeah. above all the Joes go shower and eat breakfast. Well, and this is, this is, I think the, the, the biggest thing for me and one of the reasons why I'm not I'm not going to stay on the project I think was this is a long-term game like so for, for young strength coaches God, that are interested in yes. this this is a long-term game like this is going to be like a six seven eight nine year thing where a lot of the team leaders you're influencing now when they become you know command New sergeant team. majors yeah. or whatever down the road like 
we're investing for the long term in the the new the future leaders. Yes. The current leaders, I don't think we're ever going to fully bridge the gap with just because no. like you said, this is 70 years of army culture. Yep. And um, they they came up in old army, in yeah. in old big army where an NCO stood in front of a 100 man formation and ran PT. Yep. Yep. And so yeah, that's the reality of it. So uh, before we get into kind of just the the shift in the the what the field of strength and conditioning might look like because of this. Mm. What are just give me like three three things you see maybe in training uh, on the army side in PT that that we really need to look to improve upon, or things that we really need to hit to limit um, the injuries we're seeing out of some of these guys and maybe even decreases in performance. Uh, so biggest thing is you saw just as much as I do is a a very 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 systematic approach to volume because more is better right yeah like if if i need to improve my two mile time i'm gonna go run 10 miles because if i can run 10 miles i should be able to run two miles fast or i mean the same it's that's the just the mindset is more is always so much better it's always more it's always more it's always more which like okay I'm not going to say they're wrong because progressive overload's a thing. <laughs> but at the same time, we're not if you the the modern 18-year-old is not equipped for physical activity, moderate <laughs> physical activity, let alone like what most of the infantry thinks they need to do to train, which is yeah. long run and yeah. endless calisthenics. I mean, yeah, like, the, the, the God forbid you touch a weight and only do like 3 sets. We've already that's a good point because we've already established CNS readiness is terrible, In but tissue preparedness because of the, the 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 physiology and structures of most modern you know teenagers, especially ones that go to the army as an like an enlisted yeah, it's just a general guy. leather Bravo carry a gun type dude. Yeah, I mean you just came from high school <laughs> eating you know Doritos and playing Call of Duty till four a.m. and now you come here and do the same thing. And you do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and you do and, the same thing. Yeah. And there's this <laughs> massive physical burden required of like, yeah. okay, you're not strong enough to stand up straight, <laughs> and now we're gonna throw a, a forty five pound pack on you and say, okay, go ruck twelve miles in three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that, that to me is obviously the biggest problem. Yeah. The, the, the other one to me, I think is the, um, I don't think they understand like the transfer of training if it doesn't look exactly like no, exactly an event. So like that for, for most of these guys, we do any sort of training, including general strength and it's going to improve run times. Everything. It's going to improve run times. And there's just a lack of understanding that it doesn't necessarily have to be a jog or aerobic fitness in order to improve aerobic qualities. I went on a jog <laughs> with one of my NCOs yesterday because he wanted to learn some kettlebell stuff. So we jogged down to the gym mm-hmm. and I was going to show him kettlebell movements. This man, my heart rate hit 170 beats per minute jogging for like 400 meters. His did? Mine did. Oh, your did. yours did. <laughs> oh my God. He took off and I was like starting black. Like took off after him and caught up to him. I was like, dude, this isn't a jog. And he's like, what do you mean? And he used to be a ranger. Like he's a, he's a decent runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like different, right? Like me, hammer throw, weightlifter, power, you know, barbell type guy. And he yeah. literally doesn't want to buy a 53-pound kettlebell because that might be too heavy type of thing. We're, we're very different. <laughs> but dear God. And he's the same thing. He's like, I just need to start running more, get my run time back down. And I'm like, well, your ankles hurt. Your back hurts. Like why don't we kind of get stronger, let you make your body a little more yeah. resilient, bring your run volume down, maybe improve, like we'll have uh, an intensity run day. So you're going to you know, maybe try to well, run. That's the, that's the other thing. These guys hit like, now they're never like elite distance times, but they're hitting very solid distance times. Like guys like that. Yes. Hitting very solid distance times. They're, they're you know, if you're on the Ranger program, what is it? You have to do uh, five and 40, five minutes, five miles and 40 minutes. Yep. Most of them are like, oh, I've talked to so many of them. They're like, oh, I do it in 37 minutes, but I want to get better at it. And I'm like, well, what are the other events that are required? Oh, this, this, and this. Are you any good at them? No. I'm like, well, then why are we trying to improve something that already is three minutes better than it needs to be? See, there's, <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's the same thing. At we, the expense, you know, there's going to come, yeah. a, there's going to be a cost to this. You well, know? That's, and that's the, that's the side of the other side of things they don't understand. They still, so they do understand it because if you try to do anything other than run, they know it's going to affect their runtime. Yes. So they're like, no, I have to, we have to run. We don't run enough. I need to run every day. I got to make sure my <laughs> runtime is good. Okay, cool. But they don't understand the other side that like 
there's a cost to training in general. There's cost to being awake. So like, fuck, dude, I'm going to go for a run today. It'll be an easy run. Well, what's your heart rate say? Oh, it got too easy. So I, I, I just pushed it, hit 190 in my last mile for the entire mile. But I still don't feel that smoked. So and, let's not, and let's not uh, forget, you know, we've discussed this before. There's good data out there right now, thanks to Justin Moore, showing that we do anything for an extended period oh of time, God. no matter what the intensity is in a run, we're in a hypoxic state, yes. which is trashing us. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it, dear God. Yeah. The same, they, so the same after I'd gotten, you know, sprinted to the gym with this one soldier, I jogged back after I got done with my training. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this will be great was still 160 beats per minute plus. So like 80 plus percent heart rate zone. And I'm just like, one, I'm not a runner, so I don't pretend to be a runner. But I was like, I was literally like walking fast with a little bit of extra hop (laughs) and I was still freaking skyrocketed. So like, yes, right? So these guys, but the end, I mean, just to, to kind of sum up all our points here, these guys are often operating in a state of low CNS readiness. And, and with metabolites just flowing all outputs. over their bodies, and they don't understand that just going in and doing the work at an extremely low output every single day is leaving them with these mixed results in a lot of cases. Yeah, or or no results. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, what do you what do you how do you train? Oh, I lift weights twice a week. I do like a bodybuilding circuit, and then I run two and a half miles every morning. At what pace? They're like, oh, well, like five miles an hour, or five and a half miles an hour on the treadmill, and I'm like. That's how, that's what you do. You're like, doing work. Congratulations. Yeah, but I mean, it comes down to like the the idea of mistaking activity for achievement. Like, yes, we did something, mm-hmm. but like I chase my three year old around and my heart rate's up, but I don't consider it aerobic training as much as okay. Yes, it is because we want to get into the fucking physiology of everything. But like, I'm not doing it with an intent. If my daughter runs, I run with her. If yeah. she walks, yeah. I walk with her. Like, and to them, like. Then that's where the, the the progressive overload side of things is non-existent because it's either all or it's none. Yeah, I actually so I did um, three months of acute chronic workload yeah. ratios with like ten of our like most like I don't know what do you call them, compliant guys yeah. with our program, and it's still you know I use just internal or session RPE. Yeah. So it's up, folks, for those of you that don't know, all you're doing is you're just multiplying the total minutes of the session. By a by an RPE between one and ten, and it gives you just a an internal training mm-hmm. load metric, um, and and so then you get to kind of figure out week to week like what this is looking like. And for a lot of these guys, like oh we're in the field this week, so we didn't work out at all. Zero next week. Oh, we did a twelve mile ruck one day, and then did these like four ridiculous circuits the other day. So it's like thirty five hundred. The next week is like oh I only had time to do a walk one day. Yeah, and so it's like a hundred. Or it's, it's I only had time to do a walk. These one were way, our so most I ran compliant instead. soldiers. Yep. And it is just yo-yoing up yep. and down. They, there's no concept of like steady, consistent work. Sometimes it's not always their fault, though, because like I just said, training schedule and calendars yeah, demand them exactly. to do things that don't allow them to train. Exactly. But it's just something to be mindful of mm-hmm. that that's just feeding into, well, I only have a week to train before this next thing, so I got to go balls out. Yeah. You know, And that's kind of the, the mentality that there is there. After they've not slept, consumed poor nutrition, been hyper-stressed, then that's the kind of the side of things... Um, did a presentation recently for the unit and brought up that basic things about how, how certain behaviors and certain things that you do affect your readiness to train. And I was like, if you come off 24 hour duty, okay, yeah, it's 6am. You're either going to go home and sleep for five, six hours, or you're going to go to the gym and train because, you know, what we do. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, and I brought up like if that's the if that's the case and say you're you've got a family, yeah, you got the day off, but now your kid's sick, your wife's going to work, so you're gonna get four hours of sleep and then you gotta go about your day, like maybe going in training's not what you need. Mm-hmm. And the looks I got from these people, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like What do you mean? What do you mean we're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to train when we're tired? That's what that's when you're supposed to train the most. <laughs> it's like I'm not saying you're going to have to push through some adversity. Like I 100% agree with that. Like I have a, a one month old. I still train every day. Does it look different some days? 100%. Yeah. But. Well, that, that adversity thing is so interesting to me, man, because I'm not saying that you can't learn something from pushing through something yep. that's hard. I think that's that can be a good thing. No doubt about it. But if it's all we're doing all the time, we're never, ever, ever, ever training optimally for the events that are going to matter the most. You well, know, no, and, and I mean, as you and I have pointed out in conversations previously, 
90% of the guys we're working with right now as well didn't join the army during a time of war. Have not and probably won't ever see combat. So they don't understand. Like I have one of my senior senior NCOs who wants his mindset is like, I really want what I, my training to be able to replicate the feeling I got in a gunfight in Iraq. Because... <laughs> There's no substitute for gunfire in Iraq. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because in, while he was in that scenario, he had soldiers like himself who kept pushing forward. They got a break. They took a nap. They ate a meal. They went back and they did their job. Mm-hmm. And then he had soldiers who could not, who had mental breakdowns. Who And then you see all the traumatic things that start yeah. to come from that. And he's like, I, I want to be able to train guys to the point where they don't have to where they, they won't say no. And I'm like, well, one, that's in that's a that's an inside thing. That's a that's a that's who you are by nature and yes. how you've been nurtured for the last 100%. 20 years of your life. Yeah, I mean, we're you, not You at 18 years old, if you if have had the cushiest life on the planet, unless you're just predisposed to being like, yeah, let's do it. You're probably not going to really want to go back into that. Now, if you are fine with saying, you know, yes, Sergeant Roger going in, cool, go do your thing. But I had the conversation with him, like, as you pointed out, like, there's nothing you can do to replicate a gunfight if you're not being shot at. Because no matter how many 95-pound thrusters you do until you throw up, the barbell's not shooting at you. Yeah, and that's and I think that's one of their biggest disconnects, and I, t- I told this to one of our leaders one time, like, what we're providing is a general means... Uh-huh. To get better for your specific task, it's never going to be specific it's to your task. Going to be specific. We're yeah. general preparation specialists. Before we let you go, this is one of the th- main things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I think this is obviously going to cause a big shift because the army is getting ready to hire a bunch of strength coaches We're in the military. Like, like five hundred in the next three years. Yeah, and that's just the army. Supposedly, and that's just the army. Yes. I mean, I know the Marines are thinking about going this route, uh, and they've already got a lot of positions I've seen posted. Not like within us, but. Um, a lot of like non non appropriated fund positions, combat fitness instructor type positions mm-hmm. that um, they've actually had for a little while. They've been more MWR morale, yeah. wellness, and recreation. I think is what that's yeah, yeah, for. something like that. Yeah. Um, so pre existing military entity, basically designed for recreation on, yeah. on military installation. But um, similar, I mean, the Air Force is rolling out high-level positions as well as contractors. Yeah. SOCOM's got a bunch. The big army's rolling out. I mean, this is going to be an avenue that is going to be, in especially, like I said, hundreds of jobs opening. If we're talking two coaches per battalion nationwide, we're looking at yeah. a fuck ton of people. For, yeah, for this is going to be a huge shift. And, and, yeah. and the beauty of it for us in strength and conditioning is – one, it's regular hours. It's an eight-hour day. If they want you to work more than an eight-hour day, you only work 40 hours in a week, so they're going to give it up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, they pay so much better than like 90% of collegiate jobs because most of your college jobs are 35 to 50 grand a year. You're going to work 80 hours a week. You're never going to have weekends. You're never going to have holidays. It's just the nature of the beast in mm-hmm. college, as all of us who came from that realm know. Yeah. And it's part of what makes college great because you're fully immersed with your teams and it's great. And like, I miss it every single day, but I'm not going to give it up for time. The time I have now with my family as well, yeah. as, well as pursue other projects Yeah. to where like, like I'm teaching adjunct now for two different schools yeah. because I have time and I can, and I'm interested in that avenue. So, well, I think I think that's the beautiful thing about this is is that um, for those I'm a little different I think than than you and this is one of the reasons again why I'm not going to remain yes. with the project is like I I like the grind like I yep. like I like that aspect of it and here just that that wasn't part of it, no, it and I missed it but for other coaches that might not want that grind this is it this is a great this is great, a great spot to be great spot it's you know especially mm. perfect example me Mitch and Dustin have families. Christy was the same way before the mm-hmm. PCS. Like if you have a family, if you have kids, and especially if you're if you as soon as this thing rolls nationwide as it's projected to, you're gonna have a job anywhere in the country. So like we've got guys from the East Coast, from the Carolinas, guess what? They're gonna get fifty jobs within a hundred miles of where they grew up so they can go have a good job, make a livable wage, work mm-hmm. a livable schedule and be near their family so when you get in a situation like i am now i'm 
uh, my dad was stationed at JBLM, so I'm I am home, where I grew up. I see my parents every weekend. I see my in laws every weekend. We we take the kids. We do everything like. It's great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. I miss the areas I live lived in, but like this time of my life with a one month old and a three year old, and I mean Sunday night, my dad, my daughter looked at me and my parents. We're at my parents' house because it was my dad's birthday, and my daughter looked at me and went, "I want to stay here tonight." And my wife and I were like, "Cool, one kid at home, yeah, and we'll see you the next day." <laughs> yeah, yeah, super easy. Yeah, and that's kind of what this what this offers, and like. It's different. It's a hundred percent different than collegiate strength and sports strength in general because it. I mean, one, the schedule way different for lifestyle purposes from our end. But like, this is the same thing as running corporate wellness because they have a job. Their job isn't you know off season collegiate or pro sports. Your job is to get better for your sport. Yeah. Here, one it's to increase the quality no of life. Yeah, <laughs> and two, like literally, they we just. They, they train four to five days a week, ideally with us, if not with an NCO educated by us. And then they go, and depending on the unit, if you're in a brigade support battalion, you've got cooks, mechanics, HR people. They have to go do jobs. Yeah. They have to go actually work. Like 11 Bravo is like, okay, they'll go train infantrymen. Um, sorry. MOS thing here, um, <laughs> but if if Zach's always pulling me into the weeds with that. If, if they're if they're an infantryman, they have to train. They have to understand battle tactics. They have to do like manage their dudes. And then 90% of the time what you see happening when there's nothing else to do, they rake leaves. They pick up trash. They sweep the inside of their buildings. Like it sucks. And nobody wants to like nobody tells you that when you're at the recruiter's office. All he tells you about is jumping out of helicopters and all yeah. that. But like <laughs> you do area beautification, because guess what? There's no groundskeeper position in the military. If you're not if you have nothing else to do and your NCO has something he has to do, guess what you do as a private? Here's a rake, go clean that shit up. Yeah. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that like we see and we complain about because, like, oh, they're raking leaves. We could have alternative training times. Bro, PT's from 630 to 8. Yeah. You might get them at lunch. And if your commander's cool and you're willing to extend your schedule, obviously with pulling hours here or there to make yeah. sure it's all contractually legal. Obviously. Um, you train them after work. You yeah. might get them to be able to be released at 3. If you yeah. get them released at 3, training by 3.30 to 4.30, then they're home, you're home, you're still home earlier than you would have been as a college strength coach. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, I think it's just going to allow, one, it's going to destroy the divorce rate amongst college coaches. Cause, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, yeah that's very it, good. Like, 12, you can actually spend time with your wife. You can spend time with your wife, <laughs> spend time with your family. You can afford to go on vacation. That's the one thing I love about working with the military that collegiate athletics never had. Oh, I'm going to go on vacation. College athletics. Cool. You get a text about the training session. Your intern messed up and was late. You X, Y, and Z, whoever covered for you. Oh, my God, now you're stressed on your vacation. I told my unit I was going on vacation for a, a week in Montana this summer to Yellowstone with my family. And they said, cool, we'll see you when you get back. Didn't get one didn't text. Didn't one thing. Didn't yeah. get one email. I got back. They were like, how was leave? I was like, it was great. Thank you. Yeah. They're like, good, man. We're glad you're back. Because they get it. Yeah. Because when they get time off, they Nobody bugs them. Nobody yeah. bugs them. Yeah. Because everybody gets time off. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think it's good. I'm glad we're talking about this for younger strength coaches, kind of surveying their options. Because for like I said, depending on what you value, this could be a great fit. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's you know, it's I wish college strength was for everybody, and it one hundred percent was for me. Other than dude, like I'll work a twelve hour day, working five to five is easy in my opinion. Yeah, I can just not a big deal. But Saturday and Sunday, leave me the hell alone. (laughs) Didn't exist. Well, that's that's where D three would be great for you. (laughs) You'd love D three. I never had to do anything on the weekends. I I was pursuing that avenue when I got called for this job. Yeah, because there was Division three schools in the area of my last university that didn't have organized strength and conditioning departments, and I was like, hey, sign me up. There's an opportunity for, but you know. What's gone on is gone on, and I mean, I wouldn't trade my life now for a life in college. Winning a conference championship ring is cool. Watching my kids grow up is way cooler. (laughs) Priorities. (laughs) Well, I know you got to get going, so very quickly, where can the people find you? Uh, Instagram, at the word strength, as in strength coach, Zach, Z-A-C-K, at strength Zach. 
Um, I'm not as active on social media as I used to be. I'm a self-proclaimed social That's media. That's a lie. Social media. <laughs> he likes store. every post I've ever seen on um, Instagram ever. <laughs> okay, I actually wrote an article about this too. If you guys want to dig into the, the archives of the Team Builder blog. Um, I worked at a university that didn't have a big budget. So networking wasn't a thing. I couldn't drive places and go see people. So I did it through Facebook. So now my 3,500 Facebook friends that are 90% strength coaches and like five members of my family, um, that's how I did it. And that's how I still do it. So and he's telling you, he's got 1,500 slots left, folks, for you to the, add keep, him on keep Facebook. Keep trickling it in. Um, Facebook, Zach Nielsen, first and last name. Um, you'll see a lot of pictures of my daughters, my wife, it's me skateboarding because the weather's getting nice in the Northwest and I'm still a child at heart. Um <laughs> So, yeah, um, I write for Team Builder. Occasionally, blogs pop out. Outside of that, um, if you're in the Northwest, hit me up. I love talking to people. He does. I'm a He does. He loves it. Um, for Other thing before I let you go. Top three pop punk acts Ooh, my man. that you must see. I will dumb it down for you a little bit. That, you, that are currently touring or, or might go on tour that you must see that you haven't seen yet. Talking original lineups. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I would love to see original Blink-182. Okay. Not so, so Travis Barker, not their truly original drummer that they had on the uh, Dude Ranch album. Yeah, but you're That's, saying you want Tom back. I want That's Tom. what you're saying. I want Tom and Mark singing to me, <laughs> not whoever the fuck that other guy is. Um, so Blink-182 is a must, absolute must. Um, less than Jake. Oh goodness! Love wow, that's a deep pool. I didn't. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of bridging ska punk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of um, course, of course. That's fine. That's and fair. then I would love to see Sublime with Rome again. I saw them with the Offspring a couple years ago in Spokane, mm-hmm. and they were phenomenal. But I was literally I hadn't listened to any of the Sublime with Rome songs. I'd only so listened you didn't to know any of them. Sublime. I so like they played five Sublime songs and four Sublime with Rome songs. And for those four songs, I was like, "What the fuck are we listening to?" <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what this is. Play, play, Bad Fish. Like, come on. <laughs> um, so that that there's your three, and then just general, uh, my all time freaking two bands I would have loved to seen with original members all in tow. I wish I could have seen Nirvana. Obviously, Kirk killed himself yeah, yeah. when I was like three. So that wasn't very. It's a dark day for you. Uh, Yeah, totally. Um, And then original uh, Ramones. Okay. okay. True. Like I mean, I still to this day, Jack knows. All my friends know. Like I still live the the modified kind of PG rated punk rock skateboard (laughs) lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte can't see you like doing anything too decadent. No, but it's it's one hundred percent like the core of my being is still rooted so much in that culture and. Vans, skateboards, yeah. backward trucker hats. You're never not wearing Vans, that's Amen. for sure. I ran today in running. We're going to go see My Chemical Romance if I get some money before they come some, here. <laughs> if you get some money and they're on the West Coast and I get the okay from the wife to leave her with the three-year-old and the new baby, which won't happen. Dude, um, I'll probably just be sobbing like a teenage girl. My mascara will be running right mascara, down you're my You're going to put it on too? I'm going to do eyeliner for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. If, if My Chem hits West Coast and you and I can somehow link it up, I am down. Sweet, sweet, awesome. Zach, thanks a lot, man. Um, I'm actually moving tomorrow, so this is a, probably the last time we're going to hang out for a little bit. So Quite uh, a while, I assume. Bro, it's been real. Really appreciate it, man. Yep. Brother. We just fist bumped. We did. <laughs> it was glorious. All right. Thanks a lot, Zach.